0: You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com.
1: Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the OTI Podcast. My name's Colum Kelly, as always, joined in the show by my co-host Doug Moore and uh, really looking forward to today's show and I know Doug's looking forward to it too. We're joined by Alex Gilhar of NFL Fantasy Live. Uh, obviously, has his work up there as well on uh, NFL.com. Lots of great content been pumped out on the website ahead of the new season. Alex, uh, thanks for jumping aboard the show my pleasure guys happy to be here yeah you're one of the we've had a, quite a few of the guys on adam rank uh, matt harman you know a lot of guys from chris wesleyan from uh, over there mm-hmm. at nfl.com so you're you're joining a long list of guys that have jumped on but we're delighted to have you aboard the show today and obviously we're heading really towards uh you know well, a lot of fantasy drafts happened last week but of course there'll be some happening this weekend as well for people who probably you know the smartest choice is to leave it as close to the nfl season as humanly possible so know we already seen this week with uh, a lot of injuries we'll be talking about in just a little moment how drafting even this close to the season can can still lead to to problems but uh, any drafts for you two guys over the last kind of i had a a couple my home league draft was uh, last saturday any big drafts that uh, your league of records over the last week
0: yeah my league of record was actually saturday as well i flew (laughs) back from uh, california to wisconsin for it drank drank a bunch of beer got to see some of the family so that was good and i think i have three or four more drafts this week and then I'll be I'll be all set and squared away for the
1: season. Yeah, it is a fun week. Uh, what about you, Doug? Any any drafting to be done?
2: Uh yeah, I did uh a couple last week. I did my first ever all IDP draft on <laughs> Monday. Uh that was that was a challenge. Um and uh, I got a couple more coming up next week. You know, a lot of my leagues like to wait until uh after week 4 you know when all the cuts happen stuff like that so uh, it'll be a very busy 7 days for me uh over the course of you know from now till next uh wednesday
1: yeah, and I know, Alex, I'm sure you're in the exact same boat as me and Doug. Uh, we agree to enter far too many leagues, and by the time it comes to week two, we can't remember what leagues we're in and what leagues we drafted and so on and so forth. So, it Which is, ones are money? Yeah, well, the ones that are money yeah. are always the most important. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Obviously, if you're tuned into the show now, you uh, you know that we're on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, all the different ways to listen to it. You can stream us on overtimeireland.com, so be sure if it is the first time uh, coming along to listen to the show, you do hit that subscribe button. We're in a really good run of guests, and as I mentioned, we have Alex here today, so that's That great run is definitely going to continue over the next uh, 40 or so minutes. We're going to get into the NFL news. Just before we get into that, I want to tell you quickly about an offer we have here at OTI in association with BetDSI, the online sportsbook. I know a lot of our listeners like to put on a wager to make the games a little more interesting each and every week. And with NFL Week 1 just around the corner, no better time to cash in on this offer. It is for a free $10 wager. All you have to do is go to BetDSI.com. When you're signing up, use the code OTI10. And then, of course, they'll give you a free, no-risk $10 wager to uh, see what you think of the product that they provide. So, I used them towards the end of last season, and I will be using them heading into the 2016 season. I think they provide a fantastic service. So, uh, that is BetTSI.com. The code is OTI10. Go get yourself a free $10 wager. And uh, to start that off, obviously, we have uh, the bad news that Teddy Bridgewater is going to miss the upcoming, uh, the entire upcoming season. Uh, if you were tuned into Twitter over the last 24 hours, you would uh, have followed the story from the outset when uh, he got injured in training on Tuesday. Tore his ACL and has a dislocated knee, and there's other structural damage in there that, you know, won't really be found out until they take him into surgery uh, over the, uh, the next couple of days or whenever it is actually going to take place. But Teddy Bridgewater, somebody who in fantasy wasn't going very high as a and the quarterback rating was kind of going towards the the late twenties. But you know, a young a young talented quarterback. He's still only 23. It's obviously disappointing to see this happen. I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, and uh, I know you said you're up in Wisconsin. Are you a Packers fan, Alex? I am, I didn't yeah. know that about you, Colin It's good to, good to meet a fellow Cheesehead Yeah, actually, um, well this will be another fact uh, I actually have a dog, uh, I share this sometimes with the listeners and my dog's called Packer after the, the Packers, so <laughs> I do have that claim That's to great find. But, but uh, with uh, even being a Packers fan uh, this news is uh, very disappointing because you know obviously the Vikings are the main rivals after winning the division last year but you don't want to see any, uh, any player and particularly a young, talented quarterback uh, pick up an injury like this I'm going to look at it though from the point of the Vikings' offense, we obviously know Adrian Peterson's uh, going in the first round as a running back. And then you know a lot of the other guys are slightly further down the board. Guys like Stefan Diggs, uh, Treadwell hasn't really been getting drafted all that highly, obviously coming in as a rookie, unless you're looking at you know dynasty leagues. Um, Peterson's still going in the, in the same kind of range for you, or would you actually be thinking that the workload will increase? Obviously, he's used to seeing those stack boxes uh, all throughout his career.
0: Yeah, I think Peterson's value is pretty much locked in as, as a late late first round or early second round running back because he, he's been the engine that makes that offense run ever since he got there in 2007. And uh, that's that's not going to change when they have a backup quarterback in there. And I don't think they're going to start turning the ball, putting the ball in his hands even more. Uh, I think his his role is pretty well defined in that offense, so I, I don't see a big impact on him. It definitely hurts, as you mentioned, Stefan Diggs is becoming a trendier sleeper, as he played well last year and had been uh, you know, glowing reports for him out of camp, but and trying to build up a rapport with a new quarterback and potentially a less accurate and dynamic quarterback than Teddy bridgewater is, is going to put a bit of a damper on his sleeper status
1: yeah definitely agree with you. me and dog uh, a few weeks back previewed the nfc north and uh, we did talk about the vikings and there wasn't a huge pile of excitement between the two of us uh, regarding the vikings uh, heading into the 2016 season as a fantasy kind of source uh, if you're looking as well you know kyle rudolph somebody who you know he's a better real life tight end than fantasy tight end i think and Keeping to the kind of thoughts of quarterbacks and the quarterback situation, Tony Romo, uh, we kind of towards the end of last week it looked like he had kind of dodged a bullet and was maybe going to be okay, but he's going to be out for the first approximately eight weeks of the season. And Dak Prescott has looked very good in the preseason, but I think we need to kind of maybe cool the Jets a little bit as people are starting to talk of him as kind of like the second coming, where people talk comparing the situation possibly to uh, when Tom Brady came in at the Patriots. But I think when you look at it. Uh, Prescott has looked good, but I think you know he's not afraid to throw the ball downfield. I'm going to again look at it from the perspective of uh, you know Dak Prescott, Des Bryant, and Zeke Elliott. Have you shuffled their values all that much, uh, you know, heading into the season?
0: I haven't shuffled uh, Zeke's value because I think he's going to be, in, in this instance, with the quarterback going out, I think Zeke is going to have a bit even more of an emphasis in this offense. And uh, as for Dez, I've taken him down a little bit because he has never been a wide receiver that's had an immense target volume in that offense. He's always kind of thrived as being an elite red zone scorer. Yep. So with Dak, you know, that might not be as simple and they might not get into the red zone as much and part of why he looked so good in the preseason is they were doing things to help make him succeed you know they kept Des Bryant in against second team defenders and things like that so i think des is still a great option he's he's a little bit more at the back end of that wide receiver one tier for me now you know down with the likes probably of a brandon marshall or a mike evans whereas he was a top five guy before with romo healthy but zeke i think is still locked in as a first round pick darren mcfadden last year still averaged almost 11 fantasy points per game in standard leagues when romo was out of the lineup and we all know that Zeke Elliott is a much better player than Darren McFadden so I think his fantasy value is, is fine and if not a little improved by Romo going down.
1: Yeah and I do think you made a very good point there about you know the Cowboys really scheming things nicely for Dak and even then leaving Dez and against second team defenders which is uh, certainly <laughs> certainly unfair. Uh, I'm going to run through a couple of bits mm-hmm. of news just before we get to the next topic. Uh, the Chargers have uh, eventually signed Joey Bosa to that rookie contract so nice news there for Chargers fans that one I really wasn't sure how it was going to end up but nice to see them get that sorted out the Packers have cut Tim Mastay uh, long-term punter for the team uh, he's lost out in that kick in competition and it was a pos- position uh, you'll know it rightly Alex that they've struggled at over the last couple of seasons with the the net punt yes. average so uh, I, I'm not all that disappointed in that news and uh, I have a piece of news here for you Doug and I know i seen you on Twitter that you weren't agreeing with it and I'm not sure who you had quoted on it but uh, I have this one with Jeff Howe of the Boston Herald and he was in the Tyler Gaffney is uh, on the roster bubble I know that you don't really agree with it so I'll, I'll let you give an answer to that one
0: you know, I don't remember if I fired off anything about Tyler Gaffney recently, no, but uh, D- I, I think. Doug did. Did. <laughs> oh, Doug did. Sorry, I was like, I was like, I don't remember any Tyler Gaffney tweets this year, but it was last year. I think I had some, but D- sorry, Doug, take take the wheel.
2: Oh yeah, no, no, it's no problem. Yeah, so I, I think, I, I think the thing is, is that you know, from what we've seen, uh, so uh, not only did Jeff Howe s- give some skepticism towards Gaffney making the final team, uh, Mike Reese did earlier, and. Um, Actually left him off his fifty-three man roster prediction, uh, and I think the thing that we have to keep in mind here is that for me on Thursday when or I'm sorry on Friday last week in the in you know week three what we typically revert to as the um, um dress, dress rehearsal, rehearsal. Uh, dress yeah. re- I'm sorry the dress <laughs> oof wow all right I'm starting off rough here so dress <laughs> rehearsal um you know he started he actually started the first series uh it being, being over blunt uh did pretty well. Um, I I would say the one thing that I've seen out of him that that wasn't that favorable was last week against, um, I'm sorry, the week before against the uh, the Bears, I believe. Um, You know, he had three straight red zone, uh, you know, uh, goal line carries, couldn't convert. That was something that, you know, was a little disappointing to see, but I'm not so sure that. You know they're going to not keep a guy like Tyler Gaffney on this roster if he's healthy. They've kept him on the injured reserve the past two seasons after they claimed him off the Panthers. Um, and you know he's a guy who can step in and be a big back sort of guy like Blunt is. And we saw what happened when Blunt went down. They struggled with Joey Isofa or you know even Stephen Jackson. So it's it's uh it's it's just a situation where I think that if he's healthy, he's got to play. Um, so that's, that's the way I think about it. Uh, and I, am not so sure that, especially with the, the running back death where we just lost, uh, well, not we, but the Patriots lost, uh, Dion Lewis, that they have a roster spot open for a running back potentially. So that's the way I think about it. Uh, and granted those guys are m- much more plugged in than I am. So, um, you know, we gotta, you know, obviously think about that, but I, I think if he's healthy, he, he makes the roster. So not saying as much. Fantasy value, but I think he he makes the roster if he's healthy.
1: Yeah, we'll find out very shortly. Uh, probably as close as this Saturday, if you're going to be correct on that. Doug, obviously uh, a lot of cuts going over the last couple of weeks, but the really surprise ones and the ones that are really you know going to affect us from a fantasy perspective are going to happen uh, over the next kind of five or six days. Uh, another couple of bits in news: Trevor Simeon named the Broncos starter. I um, think it's going to, you know, last year we didn't have a good quarterback situation even with Peyton Manning and Brock Osweiler uh, in Denver, so I think. You know, it's probably going to be a similar situation again. Whether it was going to be uh, Sanchez, whether it was going to be Simeon I have a kind of feeling that probably around mid-season we'll probably be more likely to see Paxton Lynch and what he has to offer the team. Uh, Jamal Charles, it seems like the, you know, it doesn't seem like he's all the way back yet from his ACL injury. It looks like it's going to be a running back by committee to start the season in Kansas, and uh, then of course. They're probably looking to try and save him for later in the season because I think they are a team that's poised to the challenge for that division. Do you uh, have any fears with Jamal Charge heading into the season? I'll let Alex answer it. Just with the kind of you know running back by committee being spoken about and obviously coming off that injury.
0: Well, I think uh, Spencer Ware played phenomenally well last year uh, for running backs with fifty plus carries. I think he he was one of the leaders in yards after contact per attempt and forced missed tackles per attempt. Uh, he's also a better goal line back than. Charles and Jerkendrick West just by the nature of his size and power so I was honestly before these reports came out was wondering if he wouldn't have some standalone value I highlighted him as one of my deep sleepers to target uh last week uh, before his value started getting too high and I think he's he's one of the picks that if he's if he's not on a roster in your league right now he definitely needs to be added immediately off the waiver wire before the season starts and He's a guy that was probably going in the 14th or 15th round in a lot of standard 10-team leagues, and I think his value has got to start climbing because if this does turn into a committee or, or even if he, he is still the premier handcuff for Charles, he's going to have a lot of value in a Kansas City offense that could be quietly efficient and put up a lot of points this year
1: yeah I definitely agree with you there and we're going to talk in a moment about some guys we like at their ADP and uh, Spencer Ware might come into my category uh, next up uh, Antonio Brown has restu- restructured his contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers he's going to get four million dollars more than he was going to this season that just takes it over to the 10 million dollar mark and I think this is just the next step and uh, him heading towards a mega contract, which will probably happen next off offseason. Uh, Jordy Nelson back in full uh, practice. That's good news for all us Packers fans out there. And, of course, fantasy football fans as well. And uh, just some more interesting news to, to go through. Keith Marshall, Ladarius Green of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then Bruce Ellington, who was starting to creep up draft boards, and there was a lot of buzz around him, have all headed to season end. I, or, <sighs> Ladarius Green's not season end, but the other two are at Leaves. Rob Kelly possibly as a backup in uh, Washington, and I know you were a big uh, Keith Marshall fan, Doug. Uh, any thoughts on Rob Kelly? It's uh, been quite an off season for him.
2: I, I think I'd clarify a little bit. I'm not a big Keith Marshall fan. I'm just a huge, <laughs> huge Matt Jones hater. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. So by de- by default, I'm gonna like anybody more than Matt Jones on the Redskins. Um. So that, that's just – I, I want to clarify it. I think anybody who watches my Twitter feed yeah. somewhat even closely, it's probably every other day I'm I'm saying how much I hate uh, Matt Jones. Um, and I, I feel like he, he's going to come after me sometime um, like we saw with uh, <laughs> I, I – we, we've seen players go after people that write about them. And, and uh, I have a feeling that's going to come to a head soon. I'm worried. But um, I think, you know, especially when we saw, you know, Keith Marshall go on with injury, uh, it's kind of interesting because I believe if I remember correctly – wasn't dealing with that big of an injury.
1: Yeah. Um, it's his elbow. It,
2: yeah, they said it was his elbow. It was a sprained uh uh ulnar collateral, collateral lig, uh, ligament. ligament. Uh, remember, I'm not a doctor. Yeah,
1: um, we, we know that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, so it, it, I everything I read was it was a minor injury that would take maybe a couple weeks to heal. So it's really surprising to see them put him on the IR and uh, end his season right now. Unless it's more serious than than what they let on, but. I, and this is a crazy theory in my head, and maybe I, I just thought of this because, you know, I'm putting two and two together. I mean, one, I don't think the Redskins are going to go into the season with the running back depth that they have. Uh, Matt Jones is still coming off a shoulder injury. Rob Kelly is Rob Kelly. And then <laughs> uh, and, and then Keith Marshall is obviously out for the season. Could they add someone like Pierre Thomas? Maybe, but I think they can shoot a little, you know, aim a little higher here. So a guy like um, David Cobb, for example, yeah. who's just released – he was not claimed on waivers uh as we i saw right before the show started uh he could be a guy i think that the, the redskins need running back death in general but again when you look at anybody run compared to matt jones uh you'll see how much better they are anyway so i just think that you know the keith marshall injury uh, you know putting him on the ir is a little bit surprising but um it just you know i, I just don't see the redskins going into the season with the the absolute horrible depth that they have right now and that's just me and maybe i'm i'm a little biased against matt jones the, just
1: i think most people are pretty much in the same boat as that and as you mentioned waivers i think you know we'll see who gets cut over the next couple of days but i won't be surprised one bit if i see one or two of them end up on the washington redskins roster um so we'll see what happens there i've got a question on twitter as well from cattle mccabe and you know i've been a big uh, believer this season and i have been for a long time and uh, Keaton Allen and if you're looking you know opposite him this year they have taken in Travis Benjamin obviously Steve Johnson is injured for the upcoming season and then James Jones was cut this week as well so uh, he's wondering is Travis Travis Benjamin somewhere in, that he should be targeting in late rounds off the draft and I think uh, there's definitely value there your thoughts on that Alex is he somebody that you think could you know have uh, sneaky potential he's obviously had a huge upgrade in quarterback in uh, situation over the last couple of months
0: Yeah, 100%. Travis Benjamin's a great guy to target late, especially after Stevie Johnson went down. I mean, you never wanted to see that with a guy like Stevie Johnson, who I was a big fan of last year and this year again, but Malcolm Floyd used to have some pretty good seasons in this offensive field stretcher, and I think they viewed Travis Benjamin as a a younger, more explosive, more versatile version than uh, Malcolm Floyd, because they they've used him so far on a lot of a lot of screens and deep shots in the preseason, which is really exciting for his uh his fantasy outlook. And the biggest thing that I like about the Chargers this off is that Ken Wisenhunt is back in tow as the offensive coordinator. And the last time he was here, they Philip Rivers was the quarterback, six had one of his most efficient years. It was Keenan Allen's breakout year as a rookie. And they had, I believe, two top 20 or top 24 backs that have to double check the numbers in both Ryan Matthews and Danny Woodhead. So I think there's going to be a lot of fantasy points to be mined from here. And with Keenan Allen being much more of an intermediate route runner, you know, he's great at getting separation on on slants and curls and hitches, as Matt Harmon, my roommate, has noted in reception (laughs) perception. Benjamin's got that explosive ability, and I think the Chargers offense is going to want to have a piece of that. And he's going to be a great, great, probably wide receiver three or flex player for a lot of teams this year.
1: Yeah, I have to agree. And he's kind of gone off the board in that late ninth round. So I definitely think he's definitely a value. If you're looking at baseball leagues or MFL 10s, he's definitely somebody that has a, a huge, huge value there because he's going to have those mm-hmm. games where he catches deep touchdowns and uh, somebody definitely to keep an eye out on in your leagues and you mentioned there as well Matt Harmon uh, when I was going through all the NFL guys we've had on, I didn't mention Matt, we've had Matt on a number of times as well and he's always very very uh, good entertainment when he's going about wide receivers and I know he's starting to hype up Keenan Allen and he's pushed him up uh, in ADP a little bit over the last few weeks but uh, yep. next, next we're going to bump on to the preseason. and Maybe there's nobody that has really uh, stood out for either of you, but I'm going to let you go first, Alex. And is there anyone in particular that you're looking at as uh, they've looked good in the preseason? You think that you know maybe possibly before, uh, say four weeks ago, you weren't really uh, targeting at all in drafts, and now you've changed your mind over the past three weeks.
0: Mm. I mean, it's been one person that's been great to see at the NFL level and and exceed as I hoped he could was, was Derrick Henry. You know, there were a lot of people that liked to nitpick him to death coming into the league. But he has looked like a difference maker for that so Tennessee big. offense, and, and he is gigantic. Uh, I was humongous. watching the highlights one time, and I just I had to take a screen grab because he was towering over his fullback, and I was like, "When's the last time, if ever, we saw a running back just absolutely dwarf his fullback?" But he, I think he's going to be a difference maker in that offense, and they might, you know, defer to Demarco Murray a little more heavily in the early goings. But I think down the stretch, that team's going to be wa- wanting to be feeding Henry, and actually on the same team too tajay sharp was a guy that i, I kind of liked coming out of the draft but wasn't sure if i was buying all the hype about him this offseason but then seeing him take that hype and turn it into actual production on the football field in the preseason has been great it's made me feel a lot better about getting in on him you know with his double digit round uh, draft price as a late round sleeper
1: yeah he's somebody who has looked very good in the last couple of weeks and uh doug anyone that's uh, come of interest to you in the in the last number of weeks so i might be a
2: little biased but i'm gonna go with chris hogan here um <laughs> I, I... You're, de- you're definitely biased yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I may be a little biased here. Um, one of the things is that when he was signed, you know, he's one of those Bill Belichick signings that, oh, this guy must be good because you know Bill Belichick gave him a, a pretty decent contract actually, and um, you know he you know didn't make a ton of noise. I would say during uh, OTAs, minicamp, and even those early part of training camp. But it, it, we saw on Thursday. I'm sorry, I keep saying Thursday, but it's actually Friday um during uh the week three game uh he was actually the most targeted uh playmaker uh, on the whole team now Julian Edelman was playing Rob Gronkowski wasn't so take that for what it is but um you know he was targeted I believe if I'm not mistaken on four out of five for the first five Jimmy Garoppolo uh throws which tells me something because he's obviously the guy who's going to be throwing to him uh you know for the first four weeks so you know that's a situation to look at especially when a guy like Deion Lewis isn't on the field and I still believe in, in everything I've heard at least I'm gonna drop some knowledge I do not believe that Danny Mandela will be on the teams come the week one I think he will be uh kept on the PUP list uh he has not recovered the way that they want him to so that opens up more for Chris Hogan but I think he's done a lot to to show that he can have a major part in his offense, even when there's a little more depth of wide receiver. When you look at Edelman, uh, Malcolm Mitchell, who looks to be coming back for Week One as well, you know Keyshawn Martin, you know guys like that. So uh, I, I think Chris Hogan has really done uh, well to increase his ADP, um, and it, maybe it's because I've had more exposure to him than probably any other team uh, or any other player really, or, yeah. or you know team like that. So um, I, I, if there was one guy i would say probably chris hogan
1: um and it's unusual for me and i know you mentioned a running back as well alex but um I, i'm going to mention we've mentioned keenan allen we've mentioned uh travis benjamin and i'm going to mention melvin garden because i think that uh, he's had quite a few very impressive runs i think that offensive line you know last season we were we were really punching on melvin garden because there was high hopes for him coming in last season and he didn't have a good rookie year but by all accounts uh, was pretty banged up most of the year in the offensive line hopefully this year is going to be improved and stay a little bit more healthy because it was pretty much like a turnstile style in there at one point and I just think that uh, he could be interesting you know he's starting to go around uh, the early to mid fifth round and I think he could be a bit of a value there with the way he's uh, played this uh, preseason. moving on and I mentioned I don't like to take running backs early but talking about the first round there's only one running back that I would take in the first round. I know Matt Harman's not going to agree with this here situation, and it's uh, Todd Gurley. He's the only one that you know I would be interested in taking in the first round. I'd go wide receiver pretty much all the way out to him. Uh, is there any running backs that you're happy, Alex, to take in that in that first round?
0: Yeah, I I you know I'm not opposed to Gurley in the first round uh, a little later. I uh kind of what Harmon echoed in his reason in his reasoning of why he's a little lower on Todd Gurley is I would prefer a running back in the first round that has a little bit more of that passing work to guarantee yeah. that safe floor and the volume and the, the two of the guys I probably feel the best about in the first round right now are actually David Johnson and Lamar Miller, believe it or not, because I think the Texans, while people have wondered, you know, what's his role going to be there, numerous coaching staffs in Miami never featured him. Well, I think the contract the Texans gave Lamar Miller and Bill O'Brien's history with featured backs all ties together into them just feeding him an epic amount of touches this year. Uh, Bill O'Brien in 26 of 32 games gave his number one running back uh, with the Texans 15-plus touches, and that number would have been even higher had Arian Foster been healthier or they had a more capable replacement behind him because – he tried to feed Alfred Blue and turn him into a feature back, but we all know how that went. The answer is not great. So I, I, I think Lamar Miller is going to surprise some people. And if he gets the volume that Arian Foster got that first year with Bill O'Brien in Houston, I think Lamar Miller could push for the, for the league lead and total yardage among running backs
1: yeah I was a huge Lamar Miller fan heading into last season and I don't think he did anything last season really to hurt himself outside of the usage but you know we've we've seen two staffs not push that usage and I'm just a little bit skeptical heading in but you are 100% correct in Bill O'Brien's usage of running backs uh, over his time in Houston so I think it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens there Doug outside of those three guys is there anybody that you would bump into that first round or is it pretty much those three or nobody probably Peterson in there
2: um, I feel like I'm copying, um, Alex a little bit, but, but, uh, no, I'm a huge Lamar Miller fan this year. Um, I think that, you know, like he said, the contract that they gave him, which, you know, it was almost around the same that, uh, you know, Chris Ivory got, um, believe it or not, Chris Ivory got even more money. Um, it, it's, it's, it shows that they're, they're ready to trust somebody other than, than, um, you know, Aaron Foster that they let go. I think that this team that even if it suffered some injuries, on the offensive line, they lost Nick Martin for the season. Um, I pointed out a couple, like a week or two ago, it's still better than what he had, uh, Lamar Miller had in Miami. So even with a couple injuries, he's still dealing with a better offense, a better offensive line, and just a better coaching staff in general. Um, you know, the one thing we saw last season that you guys pointed out, he tried force-feeding Alfred Blue into some sort of productive running back when Aaron Foster went down, and it didn't work. And... Somehow, you know, they, they kept trying and trying and trying, and it didn't work. But that's the definition of insanity, so maybe they'll try it again with somebody new. Um, but, yeah, no, I think David Johnson's probably the only other guy, but I'm a big proponent of not taking a running back in the first round. Um, I'd rather take a guy like Allen Robinson over any of those guys. Uh, so that's just me, but those are probably the only two, like Alex, again, that, uh, that uh, I would take as well.
1: Yeah, I agree there. Um, Got a few Twitter questions in regarding quarterbacks, and the one that I picked out was, uh, you know, the earliest that you're starting to look at quarterback. I know... Now we have a lot more savvy kind of drafters out there, and there's a lot more late quarterbacks. There's not as many quarterbacks going in first rounds, even a kind of very, very new leagues that will be developed online. And uh, I'm starting to look. I think the air list I, I'm ever going to go is the eighth round, and uh, looking around generally after the tenth, if possible, guys, I'd be targeting around that range: Eli Manning uh, or Philip Rivers. And then I think you know I'm a huge fan of Marcus Mariota, and I really think I know the offense mightn't be the most exciting thing. This season, I know exotic smashmouth has been laughed at to death, but uh, I do think that with his uh, possible yards on the ground, and I think with the accuracy he uh, has with his passing, I think you know we could see a huge breakout year here from Marcus Mariota. I own him in a huge amount of my leagues this season, but outside of those guys and outside of me waiting to the eighth round, what's your kind of strategy uh, quarterback wise, Alex, for this season?
0: I mean, typically I wait on a position, but I don't have a, a set and fast round that I wait to until I start uh, targeting it because mm-hmm. it, to me it's all about value too. You know, if I'm in a draft and Aaron Rodgers is still sitting yeah, there in so, the fourth or fifth mm-hmm. round, yeah, or the seventh, I, well, I might not normally take him a quarterback <laughs> that high. It's going to be hard to pass up that value or, you know, Drew Brees in the seventh or eighth round. But typically, once one, I try to load up on a lot of wide receivers and running backs, and then once I hit around round 10 is when I start looking there because I always think there are quarterbacks that people sleep on. And some of the ones you mentioned are great, but two of the ones that I've been targeting the most in that area are Phillip rivers and Tyrod Taylor. Yep. For all the reasons I mentioned with Philip Rivers earlier, especially uh, Ken Wisenhunt being there, and then as far as Tyrod Taylor goes, like he might not be the, the greatest quarterback ever or or merit you know a $120 million contract like some of these other guys, but when it comes to fantasy, he is fantastic. Yeah. Before he injured his leg at the beginning of last season, he was the fourth highest scoring quarterback, and then once he came back from injury, he was the ninth highest scoring quarterback. His rushing ability gives him a nice safe floor, and it's a way to get attached to Sammy Watkins, who after they started featuring him down the stretch was kind of exploding without carrying that risk of Sammy Watkins getting injured in your lineup so those are two of my favorite guys I'm with you on Marcus Mariota I have uh have Jameis Winston in a couple leagues and, and even Andy Dalton I know people are scared with Hugh Jackson leaving but I don't think he's going to turn back into a pumpkin <laughs> they've they've kind of they've kind of structured that offense to his skill sets now and once Tyler Eifer comes back he's still going to have his two best pass catching options there Tyler Boyd has looked better than i expected with them and uh, i think giovanni bernard can still have a big role catching passes for them so they're not going to force dalton to to win them games and and because of that he'll still be a, an efficient quarterback
1: yeah and i actually think you're the third person we've had on over the last month that has mentioned the fact that getting tyrod taylor gives you that path to sammy watkins so that's definitely a strategy that's been employed <laughs> by quite a few people um yeah the other one dog i'm going to give you one go you can name one quarterback that we haven't mentioned is that possible
2: I, I, It's difficult, I swear to God, because those are all the guys I've been targeting.
1: Well, um, I'll, I'll jump in with one more and see what you guys think. And it's somebody who, two years, like heading into last season, we started to talk him up a little bit of the possibility of rushing yards and so on. But somebody who you can get crazy late in drafts if you're really trying to punt on the position and wait to really deep into drafts is Ryan Tannehill. And, you know, he's not somebody that excites me all that much. But I think when you talk about, you mentioned Tyrod Taylor, how he can be good for fantasy. I think there is kind of, a chance that we see Tannehill make the a leap a, a, a year later than we thought last season. Any, any faith at all in Ryan Tannehill heading into the 2016 season? I've been uh, in best ball leagues and some two QB leagues that I've been kind of having him as my third option of quarterback. Doug, uh, you
2: can go first. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that way I can actually say something and, and not look like I'm stealing it. Um, <laughs> So uh, the way I, I look at it is, is um, I was a huge fan of him last year. You know, he had Jarvis Landry, he was coming off a a career season, and then he tanked. And I think a lot of it had to do with his development, uh, which some can be blamed on him, and then I I think a decent amount can be blamed on on the coaching staff. And that's the one thing that that Ryan Tannehill, if at any point in his career, finally has uh, with being a a more stable coaching staff with Adam Gase at the top, who has led many successful offenses, now he gets to run an entire team. Uh, I don't think that he's had a better um, sort of a slew of playmakers, you could say. I know that Devontae Parker's dealing with injury, but still, he's a, he's a terrific talent when he's on the field. He'll play. Jarvis Landry is there. Kenny Stills is there. Uh, they have Leonte Leont- Carew. They added uh, Aaron Foster. Um, you know, this offensive line, it's still an issue. Uh, but I think that because of this defense and how poor it is, he'll be in an, uh, a position where he'll have to throw a lot just to keep up and make sure that uh, you know they're they're within you know range of, of even being close to the game. Yep. So that that's something that I think about. Um, I think if there is any year where he can do well, it's going to be this one, and and we've seen him at his peak, and that's really that's doing really well in fantasy. And I think when you look at upside and and you know the difference between what their floor and what their ceiling is, I think there's a huge gap between what Tannehill can do and what he can't do. Um, but at his ceiling, he could be, you know, with his rushing ability and the the guys that he has, he could be a very good fantasy quarterback, I think.
1: Anything to add, Alex?
0: Uh, I'm not touching Ryan Tannehill with a 10-foot pole <laughs> uh, in fantasy. I just think there are so many better options. And uh, while I'm, in, I'm, you know, optimistic about what Adam Gase could maybe do there, as Doug said, if, if they get some stability, yeah. you know, I'm not in love with Devontae Parker, you know, the, he's got – Jarvis Landry, basically, and then Kenny Stills is his number two option. Jordan Cameron's basically disappeared or or (laughs) fallen apart, or I don't even know what his deal is there. So I I don't love the weapons. I don't love the quarterback himself who struggles to throw the ball deep and just pummels Jarvis Landry with targets, you know, three or four yards past the line of scrimmage. So I just just don't—the rushing ability is enticing if he runs a bunch, but— I just don't love the recipe. There's so many other guys I'd rather take a shot at in those later rounds than Ryan Tannehill.
1: Yeah, and I, I'll be honest. There's days I wake up and I think, yeah, there's a possibility that Ryan Tannehill does something this year. And then there's days I wake up and I definitely have the exact same sentiments that Alex had. So if you are taking him, you know, you want to try and make sure you have uh, somebody else. He's going to be you know, on most waiver wires.
0: You know, one person we didn't mention, but you were talking about with the rushing ability and stuff, who could actually be in line for a surprisingly good year, is Alex Smith. Yeah. He's rushed for way more yards than Tannehill in every season. And uh, a couple people have mentioned this with Justin Houston coming back. They could have to be in more pass-heavy game scripts. And there's the Chiefs secondary, despite their defense being pretty good, is not exactly elite. Yeah. And Alex Smith has good weapons around him with Charles coming back once he gets healthier. Macklin, Conley, Chris Conley's been showing up. Albert Wilson's still there. Travis Kelsey. If, if I was going to target a later-round guy that we didn't mention, I, w- I would put Alex Smith into
1: that mix as well yeah and I know there's a lot of people listening to the play in two quarterback leagues and a lot of people know that if you get to that Alex Smith line you want to be the guy getting him because once you get past Alex Smith there'll be a lot of a drop-off but there's no doubt uh, he does get those rushing yards he may not get you those weeks where he hits you know high 20s in his uh, scoring but he doesn't have many weeks that he's under kind of the 14 or 15 point range so he's very safe from that perspective Uh, moving on to the next topic uh, is there, I have a couple of guys here that I like to get in as many leagues as I can and uh, I mentioned earlier Keenan Allen but the one that I haven't mentioned yet is John Brown of the Arizona Cardinals and I have really been stocking up on him this offseason is there anybody that you particularly want to have if you could pick one guy on all your rosters is there any one guy that you would want to have on board
0: one guy on all my rosters I'm trying to think of who I've
1: drafted, drafted the most of mm. so far it might be
0: uh, might be the uh, who's Marvin Jones is a guy yeah, that I've been getting yeah, a lot because the in fans. the ADP discussion too. Yeah, from yeah. the Lions, he's a guy that's coming at a great value, and I've been able to to scoop him up a lot. I've also uh, I have Jeremy Hill on quite a few teams because <laughs> I think with the with the losses the Bengals had um, yeah. on offense and the way Jeremy Hills looked so far this preseason, I think he could be in line for a big bounce back back year in terms of his running efficiency. He scored plenty last year with the touchdowns, but he wasn't. Uh, wasn't if you watched him on the field, it wasn't a far cry from his rookie year.
1: Yeah, and when we get the guys that we don't like in a moment, you might disagree with mine. Uh, Doug, one <laughs> player on uh, every team. That if you could pick one, is it Chris Hogan?
2: Uh, it is. It is. Uh, it is not uh, Chris Hogan. Um, you know, there, there's a couple of guys I look at and try to get every draft. Uh, John Brown is probably one of them. I'm lucky to get him in a lot of leagues as a wide receiver three. When uh, I wrote about him a little while ago. Uh, being a, a guy who could finish in the top 12 after we, what we saw with Larry Fitzgerald last year. Um, but I, I would say not to take John Brown. Um, I would say there are two guys i probably target more since Ladarius Green went down, one of them being Gary Barnage. I think that what we saw him do last season uh, and what he has this season may only be better. Uh, I think he has a better creative uh, offensive mind, really, with Hugh Jackson there. Uh, He was an incredibly efficient red zone scorer, and I think that, you know, just with the chance of, you know, they got a rookie, wide receivers are number one. They have, um, you know, running backs that are still working to try and uh, perform at a decent level. And again, maybe an offensive line that's being underrated a little bit. I just think this offense will be better than what we saw last year, and I think that Gary Barner's being drafted, I think, is like the tight end number – I want to say like seven or eight right now in most uh, formats I've seen. So I, I think that he could definitely outperform that. But another guy I'd mentioned, another wide receiver would probably be Dante Moncrief. I think his upside is, yeah. is absolutely ridiculous. I think he could be a, a wide receiver one by the end of the season. I'm able to get him easily as a wide receiver uh, two in, in the, you know, maybe fourth or late third round. So that's a guy I'm also looking at in a lot of leagues.
1: Yeah, you mentioned yeah, getting I've got him. a
2: lot of Moncrief too. Yeah. He's, he's a good
1: choice. Yeah, same as, and you mentioned, you know, jumping around to get him. Uh, I have here written beside John Brown that he's going in the kind of seventh round range and I've taken him in a quite a few leagues in the, the late to mid fifth. So, I, you know, if there's somebody you like, I'm not afraid to, to jump up. The other one I've written down is uh, Marcus Mariota and that, is kind of in my group where i have asked you guys to to come up with some guys that you like at their current adp and i have down john brown and another one i had down is marcus Mariota. he's going kind of the 18th quarterback off the board in the 11th round range so any guys that you like just particularly on your adp you mentioned marvin jones there a second ago um alex uh
0: yeah let me pull up a couple, a couple other guys You i not you know i still think uh i think jeremy macklin's kind of a little undervalued he's going <clears> in the, <throat> the late fourth round and i think He still has wide receiver one upside in that. He's he's a very safe player. He's he's very safe. He's not going to be the sexiest pick. But if the Chiefs start passing more and that that offense, Andy Reid's offense historically funnels through one guy, you know, the majority of the targets. And with, with that being Macklin there attached to a pretty solid quarterback, I think he can be a great value uh, and in terms of some later round guys, Kristen Michaels, ADP keeps rising, but I love taking him. If he falls to me around the 10th round, looking at fantasy football calculator right now, he's climbed into the eighth right. with, uh, you know, all this, this one, two, <laughs> one, two punch talk, but, yeah. uh, he's still a guy I'm looking at. I'm looking at in those later rounds. And then, um, uh Torrey, Torrey Smith and Mohamed Sanu are a couple yeah. and Kamar Aiken are a few wide receivers that are going late in those double digit rounds that I just I just love grabbing those guys because they're going to be attached to a lot of volume and uh you know play with pretty good quarterbacks for the most part
1: yeah I agree with you on Sanu and Smith too I think there's definitely a uh, value to be had there I think Sanu hasn't been talked about at all but uh you know even with Roddy White last season and it was kind of the ghost of Roddy White was out there he still was getting peppered with targets and uh, I think we'll see Sanu have a nice role there this year in Atlanta uh you talked as well about the resurrection of christian michael we'll see we'll see if it actually comes true this time but doug anyone else that you have that's uh, a favorite at their adp
2: yeah so a guy that we talked about earlier but a guy that i if i could i would have him on every one of my fantasy rosters as my qb is philip rivers i can't preach it enough that last year be uh during the first half of the last season when he didn't have as many weapons you know melvin gordon wasn't doing that well uh he didn't have uh, as good of a number two i'd say as travis benjamin uh is uh you know he was the number two quarterback in fantasy through the first half of the season. Then he saw a lot of injuries happen, and then that's what caused him to dip a little bit on both the offensive line and playmakers in general, uh, especially Keenan Allen. So I think that's part of the reason why people are down on him because they see his overall ranking, but then don't remember that how well Keenan Allen did in the first half and subsequently how well uh, Phillip Rivers did as well. Um, you know some other guys that I, I would probably be talking about. Um, you know a guy like. Um, a guy like Jeremy Langford, uh, you know, we've seen him in the preseason so far. He's been the workhorse, uh, the workhorse for uh, the Bears. And I'm um, in, in, uh, looking at my fantasy leagues. I'm looking at something different than uh, fantasy football calculator. But he's going as the 20th overall running back. Um, and, you know, I think he's a guy that based off of usage and also that he can play on third down. We saw that last season. Uh, I think he could be a guy who could push for workhorse type numbers in terms of usage and also just uh, on all three downs. Um, so that's another guy I'm looking at, uh, Duke Johnson. I like as well, you know, I think he's going to do well in a Hugh Jackson offense as his new, you know, Gio Bernard. I love how, you know, when a coach moves to another team, they always try to compare players to their previous destinations. So, um, that, that's a guy I, I would probably look at as well. Uh, but those are just a couple, I, I would say, you know, there's a lot of value right now and, and really it's just trying to figure out, you know, um, you know those who who could I, I look at their upside and and that's really how I determine it, but there's definitely a lot of value right now and and uh, it'll be interesting to see where we get them now as opposed to what happens in four months at the end of the season,
1: yeah, and you mentioned Langford, I'm not his biggest fan, and uh, if Mike Clay was on with us a few weeks ago, we certainly know that he's not a, a big fan oh of Langford, yeah he's he been...
2: he's the biggest proponent <laughs> against uh, Jeremy Langford, so he if
1: he's listening, he's probably like that doug uh. <laughs> But uh just uh for other people that they know that me and Doug generally are going wide receiver early in the draft. There's a few guys out in that I like at their current uh running back positions if you're going zero R B to start uh, the draft and that's Charles Sims in the ninth round, Bilal Powell in that tenth round range. I think he could be a little bit more uh, closely ranked with uh, Matt Forte than he's been at the moment. I think people are maybe sleeping on him a little bit. And you mentioned earlier, Alex Spencer Ware going 135th overall, the late 11th round. I think uh, it's going to keep creeping up now over the next week. I think there's definitely value there with him. Last question to get into before we wrap things up, and it's uh, guys that you don't like at their current ADP. We might just take one from each of you. But I'm going to start off, and (laughs) you mentioned Jeremy Hill uh, just a little bit ago, and Jeremy Hill's on my list for going too high out. He's going 37th off the board, late third round. I would rather be picking up Geo uh, at 71, which is basically twice the depth after in the late sixth. Um, but I, I can still see that, you know, from the 20 yards in, I know that Hill's going to get those carries, so that's going to help his value. The other one I have down is Big Ben. He's a sixth quarterback off the board. And if you look at, you know, the amount of times over... I know we were worried about Romo and he got injured, but if you look at the amount of injuries over the year that Big Ben has, you know, the games that he's finished, he just doesn't usually put it up over an entire season he will have that couple of big games and then if you look at how the players have fallen around him and the latest been ladarius green this week i think he is going too high in drafts in the mid-sixth round alex uh, any guys there that you don't like at their current adp you just you wouldn't be touching in this draft uh
0: i'll give i'll give you one quick one is julian edelman and i know that might hurt uh being a patriots fan but (laughs) Just with, with his injuries and the and, uh, you know, the lack of, of season long production he's had in the past, like he's only ever crossed a thousand yards I think once and I'm pretty sure last year's seven touchdowns was a career high, or maybe he had nine one yards. It's, it's been a long day. But I just <laughs> there's so many good receivers in that area that I think have higher upside or are going to be a part of a more concentrated passing attack. Yep. The fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is out for four weeks and then we don't, you know, is Tom Brady going to come back and tear, tear it up right away? Is he going to need a week to adjust? I mean, he's an amazing quarterback, but that, that all remains to be seen. So just for a, a fifth round, early fifth round price for Julian Edelman, just no way I'm touching that.
1: Yeah. I agree with you there, Doug, uh, just quickly before we wrap up one person that you dislike,
2: I'm going to go even bolder than all of you.
1: and I'm going to say Deandre Hopkins. I, okay, do not like, <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I do not like DeAndre Hopkins as the fourth uh, wide receiver taken. I think there's a couple things to keep in mind here. One, this team is going to be more run-oriented. They're going to be more successful in the run game than we saw last year. Another thing is that even though they upgraded really at the quarterback position, they're dealing with one of the most inefficient deep ball throwers in the league with uh, Brock Osweiler. I think the additions of um, Braxton Miller, Jalen Strong coming on, Strong, I guess you could say, and then also uh, Will Fuller as well. He's going to take away some of the target share, I think. So he's going over someone like AJ Green or Allen Robinson. I'm not that high on on uh, DeAndre Hopkins at that ADP where he's being paid, taken, obviously in the first round. So um, you know, to sort of spice things up here, uh, I will stick with uh, with DeAndre Hopkins. I don't like where he's being picked in terms of who's being picked uh, after him.
1: Yeah, well, I'm just going to put this out there, and don't quote me on it, but I believe Hoyer, Whedon, and I think TJ Yates even played a few games last year, so maybe Brock Osweiler isn't that big of a concern, but this Saturday as well, I'll be heading up to Dublin to the NCAA game in the Aviva Stadium. Sees Boston College taking on Georgia Tech. Looking forward to seeing it. It's obviously great exposure for the game here in Ireland as the, you know, the sport of American football continues to grow. I'm looking forward to getting up, and I know there is a number of OTI listeners who've already hit me up on Twitter to say they're going, but if you're going, you're following Overtime Ireland, listen to the show, do send me a message at Overtime Ireland, and I'll try and meet up with you before the game if possible. I'll be in the media section along with my brother DJ, so looking forward to covering the game. There'll be some uh, tweets and so on going out during the game uh, as we cover it here for Overtime Ireland looking forward to heading up to that game this past weekend as well was also a very special occasion for myself as the team that I'm involved with here in the Irish American Football League the Donegal Dairy Vipers in our second season, we went ahead and we won the IAFA Division Two Bowl and uh, took the prize home with a win with just 26 seconds left on the clock And what was an end-to-end thriller. Uh, it wasn't too good for my heart, but I'm sure it was a great one for the neutrals to watch and uh, very, very proud of the team and the effort put in this season as we get promoted now to the next division. To wrap things up, uh, Alex is obviously on Twitter, it's at Alex Gelhar, it's G-E-L-H-A-R. Of course he is the producer of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast and I'm quite sure that the majority of people listening to this are listening to that as well, fantastic content (laughs) there. You can follow Doug on Twitter, it's at NFL, and I'm on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. That Overtime Ireland Twitter account is now four followers from one... Four followers from 4,000, actually. So make sure we get that bumped up over the weekend to hit that 4,000 mark, guys. It is uh, just one week to the NFL season. And, you know, uh, I just can't wait to see who's been right in all these decisions and who's been wrong. But it's been a lot of fun. So uh, that's all we have for this week, of course. Until we're back with the next OTI podcast, have a good one. Thank you
2: for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.